listening to Beauty and Impact, the show that gets valuable insights from changemakers disrupting the norms of beauty, wellness, and sustainability. We tackle topics like the impacts of beauty ingredients on our health and the environment, where people of color fit into the clean beauty conversation, sustainable beauty solutions, and so much more. We're your hosts and sisters, environmental activist Ashley Renee Nsanwu and clinical skincare industry insider Jasmine Hill, here to spill all the green tea on beauty and sustainability. Let's go. Hey, hey, hope you're having a beautiful day. Welcome back to the Beauty and Impact Podcast. It's your cousin, Ashley. Today, we have a cool guest, Divya Gugnani, co-founder and CEO of Wander Beauty. Now, she's a powerhouse, plain and simple, but what I love about our conversation today is we don't just talk about her insanely impressive entrepreneurial journey. See, we also explore beauty and culture in a fun way. So let me explain. You know, this Beauty and Impact podcast is co-hosted by Jasmine and me, but we're not just co-hosts, we're sisters. And our father is Jamaican and Black American, and our mother is South Indian. Now, Divya, our guest today, is also of Indian descent. And that gave us the opportunity to, I guess, chat about some of these shared cultural experiences we have when it comes to beauty. So you're going to hear about, you know, Indian beauty practices and how some of that influenced Divya's beauty brand, as well as how growing up in America with Indian parents shaped her perceptions, leading her to be an example for the next generation. And all of that, in addition to diving deep into her career story as a serial entrepreneur, including how an autoimmune diagnosis led to her creating the standard as a clean beauty brand, and how she pays her success forward by supporting women of color entrepreneurs. And we also chat about like the shocking state of VC funding when it comes to women entrepreneurs. It's crazy. But before we get into all that goodness, it's time to spill some green tea. Jasmine is currently busy, busy, busy off doing boss things and making major moves for our company that we've been working tirelessly on. So it's just me for our little beauty and sustainability highlight segment that we do every episode before the interview begins. So here's my quick rundown of the top three news stories and interesting developments that have recently happened in the beauty and sustainability space that I think you should know about. All right, first up, the first headline is that the Eco Beauty Score Consortium finally launched. This is pretty big news. So they first announced they were planning to do this last summer, and now it's a Official. So if you've never heard of this, it's basically an initiative that involves these like major and, and small beauty companies too joining forces together to establish a global environmental impact scoring system. Now, this is important because right now there really is no environmental standard. I don't even say really like it. There is no like it doesn't exist. There's no environmental standard across the beauty industry. And it can be really confusing for us consumers when we're like shopping for sustainable products. This universal system has the potential, I would say, to be a game changer. Like if you think about it, a universal system would mean greater transparency on all aspects of our cosmetics products, including the formulas, the packaging and usage. So that's pretty cool. All right. So headline number two is that Frederick Benjamin, the clean black owned textured hair care brand for men of color, 
just launched into Target. Have you heard of it? Let me tell you, this is huge because it means greater accessibility for men of color looking for clean products. So here's the thing, men with melanated skin are prone to specific issues. So having that easy access to hair care that's formulated with clean, natural, and clinically proven ingredients at a huge retailer like Target, that's gonna help a lot of men out. And last but not least, headline number three is that environmental solutions platform Ubuntu not too long ago released their 2021 report on corporate packaging goals. All right, so what does that even mean? Okay, so think about how you're starting to hear more and more brands announce these grand sustainability goals that they have. But it's one thing to have a plan to tackle the plastic crisis, but it's like an entirely different thing to execute on it. So this report measured the sustainability goals of 176 global companies against the actual progress they made towards those goals. Okay, so basically they trying to see, are you just talking the talk or are you also walking the walk? Now, I just read an interview in Cosmetics Design with Ubuntu's operations manager, Haley Randolph, about what the report means for the personal care industry. Now, she mentioned that two of the top 10 companies on the list who were performing well were cosmetics companies, including French company L'Oreal and Brazilian company Natura. Now, one thing that stood out to me in the report is that U.S. companies weren't doing as much as other global companies. Now, Haley says it's legislations, right? Because legislations play plays a big role. Europe, if you think about it, they have advanced recycling systems and more regulations in place, which means European brands basically have to step up more in regards to plastic issues than U.S. manufacturers do. However, it's interesting to me that Brazilian company Natura made it on the top 10 list, and yet South America doesn't have very much infrastructure for recycling at all. So I'm going to end our segment with a question I'd like to pose to you who's listening to this. If a company like Natura can be a leader in the sustainability space, despite being based in a region that doesn't have advanced systems and regulations to support sustainability initiatives, then why is the U.S. falling behind? And how can we step up as leaders in this space too? Okay, so that's my green tea report for today. Now let's move on to our very special guest interview. As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, we are chatting with the one and only Divya Gugnani, CEO and co-founder of Wonder Beauty. Divya began her career in investment banking at Goldman Sachs before moving on to private equity and venture capital and ultimately becoming a serial entrepreneur. She has co-founded multiple companies along with an investment fund, Concept2Co, and is passionate about mentoring and supporting women of color and women entrepreneurs. So without further ado, here we go. Okay, so on top of Wander Beauty, she has co-founded multiple companies along with an investment fund, Concept to Co, and is passionate about helping women of color and female founders successfully claim their own seats at the table, and we are here for it. Okay, so thank you so much for uh, <laughs> being here with us today. We have a lot of great questions for you. I think we're going to have a lot of fun on this episode because it's not just talking about beauty, but we're talking about a lot of different things. So the first question we're going to ask, it's about our backgrounds, right? So we've, we've been 
particularly excited to have you on the podcast, right? Because a little background about us for our listeners, Divya's Indian and Jazz and I are Black and Indian. Our mother is from Kerala, which is a state in the southern part of India. Um, our parents met in Chicago and we grew up in Atlanta, <laughs> but growing up for us, South Asian representation just wasn't something that we in particular were exposed to as much. Um, and it really wasn't until we were a lot older, I would say, that we started to see, you know, South Asian women being represented more in, I'd say, media, politics, and, you know, as Divya is uh, demonstrating entrepreneurship. So Divya, I want to dive into like barriers, because as somebody, as a South Asian woman who broke barriers by creating this massive beauty empire here in America, how have you seen diversity in the beauty space evolving? Um, I think it's evolved tremendously. I think there's just kind of an old quote that I grew up with. You know, I think that it's from, I might misquote this, but I'm just saying it off. I just thought of it right now. So I'm just sharing it with you live. Um, so it might come out unedited, but I think it was Mahatma Gandhi who said like, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. And I think that's kind of a philosophy that I've grown up with. And so I grew up in a more traditional Indian household. Both my parents are from India. Like your parents, my parents lived in Chicago too. I was actually born in Springfield. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, what? So my dad was in school. He came here for his master's and was in school in Chicago and had an arranged marriage, married my mom. And so growing up in a town in the early years um, in Springfield, Illinois, where I was literally the only person of color in literally the entire town, there were not examples of Southeast Asian women doing anything. Like there were no Southeast Asian women to begin with. And then as I, you know, built my career, worked at Goldman Sachs in investment banking, worked in private equity in New York, worked in venture capital, um, I did get to interact and had the fortunate experience of meeting some amazing female leaders, CEOs, investors, but they were few and far between. And I think that, you know, when you talk about diversity in the beauty space, it's the beauty space, it's the investment space, it's in life, it's as a mother, it's in all those spaces that I live and play in. And so for me, I take a really holistic approach. I didn't see myself in any community. And I also feel like I was explaining to a friend the other day, I don't actually feel at home in any one place. And maybe it's because I was born in America. Yay. My parents are very Indian. Like they grew up in India. And so when they go to India, they speak the language, they lived in the culture, they grew up there. That's their home. It's they're so deeply rooted in that culture. But I grew up here and I look different than all of the other Americans around me. And so I feel like I'm nor an American and feel like, you know, I'm not blonde haired and blue eyed. And I don't feel like I am the American dream or the American spirit, or I'm representative of what is America and what America was when I was growing up. And then I go to India and like, I don't fit in there either. And so I just think what's so fascinating about the immigrant experience and growing up here as a first generation Indian American is that you have to create your own. And it's like, we have to be the change we want to see in the world. And while you don't see the diversity that you want to see in all the fields that you live, work and play in, you need to create that experience and own that experience and forge a path forward. I love that. And oh my God, I can relate to it so much. Jasmine, when you say the same. Yeah, especially, yeah. Um, you know, traveling back to India with my mom and I'm like the one with like the curly hair because I'm not doing my hair while I'm there. And yeah, it's a lot of um, where do I fit in, um, depending mm -hmm. on all communities, to be quite honest. <laughs> 
Yeah. And being mixed, I think that adds an additional layer yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It totally does. And it adds another layer of complexity. And like, I really feel like, you know, maybe our children and, you know, you guys, children, so you know, this, like, they're having a totally different experience. What it means to be American for them is very different than what it meant to be American for me. Now the American experience is being mixed. It is being culturally like varied and, and rich in cultural traditions from all walks of life. Like my kids, when they were in New York and went to school, used to get Lunar New Year off as a holiday. And like that was something that they were aware of. Like when I was growing up, I didn't know much about Chinese New Year. And so for me, I think that's great. They're growing up in a different world and we have to, you know, see a lot of things evolve and change with each generation. Yeah. I mean, Gen Z is the most diverse generation, right? That we've had so far. Yeah. Yeah. I think like what the stat is right now, right? It's like 40% of Gen Z actually is, you know, skin of color in some way. And obviously like it's getting ready to tip the scales. I can't remember if that was 2025 or 2030, but it's just a different way of like looking at the world from, you know, where I was because we were born in Chicago, but you know, like when I was little, little at some point we were in Kentucky and you know it was just a lot different and then we moved to Atlanta and yeah it was just and don't forget was, Detroit yeah listen yeah we, that was a whole other whole other <laughs> experience yeah we've been a whole lot of different places. you know some of like that growing up part you know, some of the things that my mom would do for us. So, you know, she would do this like thick, like alma oil that she would kind of like put in my hair, just trying to figure out like, you know, what to do with my hair, because it was like so curly. Um, You know, it didn't really rinse out. There was a little bit of a, a scent to it. My mom is really cool about like, you know, yogurt was with everything because like rice was on every single <laughs> table meal. Um, but like yogurt and like different herbs that we would get from like the Indian store, like that would be my clean and clear. <laughs> you know, when I wanted to go and get, you know, the things that my friends were doing at, um, well, back then, I think it was Eckerd's turned CVS. But, you know, ironically, now that I've gotten older, I've started to oh, yeah, into a lot more of the things that she does. Ashley and I, you know, our last trip to India to go see her was, you know, January 2020. And I was in the back with her grabbing herbs, making teas, like, okay, mom, what should I do? And, you know, that whole thing just starts to feel full circle for us. Um, so I was wondering if you have any, you know, motherly wisdom or a passed down beauty secrets that you think maybe your kids don't appreciate as much now um, that you're waiting for them to see the wisdom in later on in life. I mean, you're not Indian if you don't have to go to school with oily hair at one, some point. <laughs> yeah. like, it is, just a life, is it not? Like Sunday is oil day. And, really, and now it's so interesting. Like you can put coconut oil, you can put an mm-hmm. oil or an avocado or olive oil and like massage that scalp, work it in, get the neighborhood with the control center of your hair. And it really is just incredible for stimulating, you know, your hair follicles. And also just like they say jumpy, which is like the traditional Indian word for a head massage is really great for so many things, for relaxation, for detoxification, for a lot of things. And so I kept that ritual with me. I, as a child, used to have my hair oiled every Sunday and I still oil my kids' hair on Sundays and they like resist and like they just think, you know, I guess they like, my daughter's into submission. She's like, just don't make it too warm. And my son is like, just revolts in every way. Yeah. Like, but I'm like, you're watching football for two hours. Like you can do this. I'm like, you're sitting still and no one's here. So you're okay. 
Um, I have to say, I wanted to tell you, I discovered this black owned brand. Um, I met the founder and I'm obsessed. My personal favorite, this Imania Beauty High Maintenance Elixir um, Multipurpose Hair Oil. This is um, she's amazing. It's got CBD and herbs in it and has a lot of traditional Indian ingredients in it. And she's just a spectacular founder. Um, and I happen to really love this and personally use this. Like this is the hair oil that I actually put into my scalp, into my roots. And um, I kind of- Oh, it all they're like in Sephora or like coming at Sephora or something, right? I love it. I mean, and listen, if it's not super stinky, it's not Indian hair <laughs> Like, you know, it's- <laughs> not enough in it. <laughs> so it is, you know, you gotta, you gotta go with the whole thing. And then for me, just like your mom, my mom, if it, it doesn't come out of the kitchen or the pantry, it's like, you know, it's definitely your face and your body. Like, it's just how it is. Like I used to really save up my allowance and buy Neutrogena face wash. And my mom, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was like, you're not putting that on your face. So that strips your skin. It's terrible. This, that, the other. And like, I was like, mom, um, I really like also Haldi, which is turmeric. Uh, they for turmeric. And Haldi is also great for evening out your skin tone and reducing inflammation. And that's also an Indian beauty ritual before you get married or before you have a big occasion. You put a Haldi mask all over your body and your face. So I love I all literally my mom. I'm still doing this. <laughs> you, we oh, yeah. always say we're not going to be like our moms and then we totally turn into beauty skin. When I was a teenager, I was like so nasty and like mean and like mm-hmm. I'm now turning into my mother. So there's that. Yeah. When we get it back from my daughter, it's 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 already starting a little bit. I'm like, oh, mom, I'm so sorry. Was I this? <laughs> I, actually, I wasn't that bad. I mean, I really just, you know, the attitude. I was just like, well, there's teenage uh-huh. hormones and there was attitude. Oh, we all went through it. I yeah. apologize to my mom all the time, especially now that I'm a mom and I don't want that karma. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, yeah. one day my son's going to be like this. I don't want yeah. that. Oh, oh no. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, when she came to stay with me, she stayed with me for about seven months, which was so helpful. Oh my God. I, I'm forever grateful to her for that. But yeah, every day she was like, don't forget to oil him down with the coconut oil. You got to give him a stop rub, <laughs> rub his whole body with the coke, give him a little baby massage. And I was like, okay, mom, I got it. Yeah, and they sleep better like that. Yeah. Babies sleep better. And I read some Swedish book oh. about the Swedish massage and like how it's so important to stimulate your child's feet and that's how they fall asleep really okay i'm gonna have to look into that swedish massage for babies you gotta do what you gotta do when your kid doesn't sleep you you, you like google yeah that's like the end all be all (laughs) sleep as a new mom happy mother equals Uh happy mother that's the equation so okay we're talking about you know indian traditions and indian culture i want to dive into something that's very prevalent in um, Indian culture and also black culture. Cause you know, being black and Indian jazz and I kind of have like a really unique lens into the challenges facing both communities. And we've definitely seen similarities. And so one example of that is colorism. So I really want to talk about that because I think it's an issue that is just so deeply rooted in both of our cultures. Like historically, There are beauty companies that have fed into colorism by selling products and creating, you know, ads that perpetuate this idea that lighter skin is more beautiful. And my first experience with that was, you know, going to India over 
10 years ago. I can't even remember at this point. Maybe it was 13 years ago. And I saw these billboards just advertising skin lightening creams, which is, it was a shock to me because I was like, whoa, here in America, you would never see skin lightening cream ads. I didn't even know that that was a thing. And then I remember Googling it and like coming across these crazy, fair and lovely, like YouTube videos. They were wild. They looked like parodies, but they were actual legit commercials. And so I like, I'm really curious, you know, did colorism impact you growing up and did it influence your decision to found or how you run your own beauty brand? I find it so fascinating. So a hundred percent, I was influenced by it growing up. Like my grandmother used to tell me, like, don't go in the sun. You're going to get too tan. Like you don't want to get too tan. Like you you want, and listen, I don't want to go in the sun because I want to protect my skin. Like I'm not worried about the tan. I'm worried about, you know, and the skin cancer. That's what I'm worried about. And so I think there was so much emphasis around this notion that women who had lighter skin were more beautiful, which I really hope we've dismantled in this last, you know, several years slash decade. And it's really just love the skin you're in. It's beautiful. It doesn't matter what color it is. and doesn't matter what texture it is. Really, the confidence and the beauty of a woman is being comfortable in her own skin. And I embrace and admire that. And I believe as a founder of a beauty brand, as a founder of Wander Beauty, where we create clean beauty essentials, things you reach for every day, wherever you wander. That's really our ethos is like, you know, we're not trying to create beauty products and multitaskers that change what you look like and who you look like. It's rather about embracing your natural beauty. I love that. I do feel like, you know, as a mom and, you know, thinking through messaging, especially like marketing messaging and things like that right now, I feel a lot better for like, you know, the past couple of years of how a lot of the messaging has switched with companies, especially now that you have more, you know, indie brands and different things like that coming in. And there's a lot more, you know, just like skin positivity, embracing who you are, which feels a little bit different than, you know, growing up with the YMs and the, yeah. the different you know, magazines that we had. Um, the Cosmopolitans of the world is like, how to get a boy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you know, when we were prepping for this interview with you, um, one thing that we read about was that you were one of the first South Asian founders to land your products on the shelves of Sephora. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Sephora recently made headlines over the summer because they um, did like their Clean Plus Planet Positive initiative. And so this is something um, for our readers who may not know. It puts more emphasis on the need for certain standards um, by incoming, but then also existing brands around sustainability um, and also ingredient formulation and transparency. Now, you, Divya, are not new to this and neither is Wander Beauties. <laughs> So, you know, it was always considered a brand that was, you know, not only driven by quality, but also um, driven by these clean beauty essentials before the term clean beauty was really even a thing that was gaining popularity. So being so far ahead of the trend of clean and kind of being a trendsetter in that way in beauty, um, why was clean just as important as efficacy when formulating innovations for Wonder Beauty? I think this really came from a personal pain point. I did not know anything about this, to be honest with you. And then I got diagnosed with autoimmune disease and I had to eliminate every beauty product in my entire routine. So 
I was having severe rashes, itchiness, redness, inflammation, losing my hair. My eyes were getting a lot of swelling. My face was getting swelling. My eyes were sealed shut when I woke up in the morning. I was having a really tough time. And every time I go to the doctor, they're like, stress, stress, work less, work-life balance. I was like, this is ridiculous. That's not happening. <laughs> Finally, I realized that I had Hashimoto's disease, which is a thyroid condition. Oh, yeah. Once I got that kind of under control, things started to fall into better place for me. But I did have a lot of very random skin allergies. So allergy to synthetic fragrance, allergy to a lot of the chemicals found in everyday cosmetics and personal care products. So I just eliminated everything. So when I became educated about this, I realized that the average woman is actually ingesting five pounds of hormone disrupting and toxic chemicals into her system every year via her personal care and beauty products. And I was like, this is terrible. Like We don't even know what we're doing with this and we need to not do this. And so for Wander Beauty, when we were formulating and Lindsay and I really felt passionate about this from day one, it was what what are we putting in is the most important thing. Like enrich every formula with skin loving ingredients, good for your lashes, good for your lips, good for your skin, you know, really make everything work with your skin, not against it. And then just eliminate everything that is remotely, you know, it doesn't need to be there. And that was a philosophy we took from day one. And that's, you know, it has evolved in the industry as clean standards. And we're, you know, clean at Sephora, clean at Net-A-Porter, clean at Nordstrom. And like, you know, we meet the clean category requirements for all the different retail partners. But this is more of a brand ethos. We want to do right by the customers. We are the customer. So we got to do right by us, right? Right. Was that something for you that was triggered at all during pregnancy? I think like for some of my friends who've told me that they had Hashimoto's, it was something that happened for them after pregnancy and they were trying to kind of figure that out. Yeah. So it, for me, it was pre-pregnancy. So that was one of the reasons I was having difficulty conceiving because my thyroid levels were low and it was affecting my fertility. Once I got that sorted out, I actually conceived naturally. Amazing because I was supposed to go for IVF and this ended up, you know, Making oh, that's amazing. Amazing turn yeah. of events. Yeah. Great. So many things you just don't know what, what's affecting stuff. Um, no, you don't. I'm glad you figured it out because not everyone can figure it out, right? So that's yeah. awesome. Now, Ashley and I recently, we saw each other in Vegas and we brought some of our oh, Wonder Beauty besties <laughs> with us. So I oh, live yeah. for the gold eye patch um, that you have, which is the baggage claim eye mask. Yeah. That used to be like my signature when I was flying because I used to always do east to west coast. And, you know, I'm just like, okay, I'm not wearing any makeup. I've got these cool little baggage claim eyelashes and let's go with that. Um, so I wore it, you know, on the car ride over there. I wore it down the hallway when I was there. And then my sister, you know, I also saw that it was a 2021 Allure Reader's Choice Award winner. So congratulations on that. And Ashley has her favorites as well. Bloop, bloop. Yep. So I am actually always tagging this on my Instagram account. It's the lip setter. So it's like a, yeah, it's lipstick and lip liner in one. And then I also have the blush and the illuminator. And so like, I'm a busy mom. So I definitely, I don't, my makeup routine takes like five minutes. And so this stuff really helps. Like I literally just put on my lip liner and my lipstick, which is all in one. And then I use my blush. I put it on my cheeks and then I use my highlighter and I put on some eye makeup and I'm ready to go. But I always tell people that like 
multi-purpose products are the sustainable way to go because instead yeah. of buying like a ton of products that do, you know, one thing, you can buy one product that does multiple things. So it's a more sustainable choice because it cuts down on your um, consumption. I agree. You're buying less things, you're spending less money and you're yeah. creating less waste and you have, you know, you're creating more space for yourself. And the most important thing is that your most precious commodity is your time. You're mm-hmm. saving time. Yeah. Use multitaskers, double-sided, like the on the glow blush and illuminator, lips, cheeks, eyes, face, you're done. Yeah, like, exactly. Double-sided stick, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. So again, on the other side of being the trendsetter, so, you know, you were doing these really cool sustainable things before, you know, a lot of the beauty industry really started kind of catching on to what was happening within beauty. Um, So it's really great seeing a beauty brand create products that promote what we kind of call more mindful consumption. Now, there's a very new launch that you all have, which is a vitamin C concentrate. So we want to know all about why it's so innovative, including um, I heard that you all also have monomaterial packaging, which is really cool. Yeah. So just first on that planetary point, because it's amazing and I love it. And you really want to have a packaging that works across every state in the United States and can be recycled curbside. So this is monomaterial packaging with an airless pump, which is going to really keep the formula as fresh as practically possible. Um, and you can curbside recycle this when it's done and you can get every last drip. So just on the topic of vitamin C, like we all know, what does a dermatologist tell you is super important? Wash your face, take off all that oil, dirt, bacteria, sebum, pollution, SPF every night before you sleep, moisturize that face, put some, put a humectant in there and, you know, give your cells some of the much needed hydration. Use a retinoid. If you're of a certain age or you're dealing with any sort of scarring and you want to assist um, cell turnover and we have our do not disturb overnight skin repair, which I'm obsessed with, and then use vitamin C. These are like the four things that should be in everyone's skincare arsenal. And the thing about vitamin C is so many of our customers told us like, oh, I buy vitamin C and everyone knows it's highly unstable and that it turns to a brown watery liquid because a lot of people use L-absorbic acid, which is a commonly found vitamin C derivative on the market. It literally smells like hot dogs or pee. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hot dog water. <laughs> it disintegrates. And, you know, the packaging is in dropper form and then it's touching your face. And then it's like getting all the oil, dirt, bacteria, and sebum from your face and putting it back into the packaging. Like it's just not a good user experience. And so we wanted to really disrupt the vitamin C category. And so Sightseer really is truly, truly disruptive. This is vitamin C derivative that is tetroisopalmitate, which is an oil-based mm-hmm. method, which actually works okay. much better with the superficial layers of your skin. So what you're split up as ceramides okay. and lipids and fatty acids is like the surface layers of your skin. And this is oil soluble and it's going to work really friendly and be perfect for that. A lot of what you get in vitamin C right now is a water soluble version, which is not friendly to your skin. Also, it's highly acidic. So women of color in particular often have a lot of issues with vitamin C. And so this is woman of color friendly sightseer. True. A very strong derivative of vitamin hmm. C potent. It's got kakadu plum, which is a very strong vitamin C, way more potent than an orange, for example. Yeah. It's got seven molecular weights of um, hyaluronic acid. So it's going to penetrate different layers of your skin in a different way. So it's going to plump and hydrate and nourish the skin. So this is basically your moisturizer and your vitamin C all in one step. And I'm obsessed with it. This is literally one of my favorite things that we've ever made in all time. It is truly a unique and innovative formulation. 
that is just, it goes way beyond just brightening and correcting, which is, and protecting, which is what you expect from a vitamin C. It really, it doesn't leave any sticky residue. It has an incredible luminosity. It has like, you know, light diffusing optics in it. And so like, you can just use it alone on your face and you look amazing. Um, but Kakadu Plum has 55 times more vitamin C than an orange. Mm. And it's for its anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties. I say use this under your sunscreen every single day, 365 days a year. Okay. I love that. And you know, that's such a misconception. Everyone thinks oranges, oranges, oranges when it comes to vitamin right. C. There are so many other, you know, food products out there that have way more vitamin C than oranges. Yeah, but I love what you said about it being brown girl friendly because I know myself like being in like some of the cosmeceutical type of brands like Dr. Dispense brands, you know, as we talk to different derms and estheticians, we always, I do get a lot of feedback from them about like, oh, you know, there's so many people who get irritated from vitamin C, even though it's the most common one, but it's like these very, very high strength ones. And they're often looking for different types that they can give them. Because again, we know like that antioxidant power is really great in combination when you're wearing your um, your SPF for the day to kind of block your free radicals. But again, always trying to figure out like what is a great vitamin C that we can use without the irritation. So I'm all over this one. I love this as an option. And we're going to make sure to link to that one. I love Sightseer. That's what it's called. I want to read your vitamin C concentrate. Sightseer. And kudos for the name, because I thought that was very clever, being that your your brand is about, you know, traveling, right? So wandering, and then it's called Sightseer. I, I just thought that was so clever, so I, I just wanted to tell you that. I'm very excited about the name. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's like everything about the brand. It's just, it's everything is like the touch points are just like very on yeah. point, you know? I love everything from like the name to just like the overall oh concept, and it just yeah. always like flows so well together. And yeah. Yeah, it's just a nice way of doing brands to just, you know, it's just very well thought through. Yes, everything flows. I mean, the product names are just genius. So yeah, definitely wanted to give kudos to you for that. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, so you've done more than just Wander Beauty. So, you know, we read up a lot about you, especially like in preparation for this interview. And, you know, I just want to point out that your background is pretty impressive. I mean... You went from a path of, you started out as an investment banker and then like went on to serial entrepreneur. And on top of that, I came across this really cool Forbes article about you that talked about your mission to help other female founders of color create their own seats at the table, right? Because you've been so successful. And so I, I see that you're paying it forward and I love that. So tell us about how you're doing that, um, including your uh, concept to co-com. Yeah, I am a huge believer, like I said, to be the change that you want to see in the world. And I believe in entrepreneurship, something that I'm super passionate about. I love speaking, networking, talking to entrepreneurs about anything and everything. And I, my inbox gets flooded with like so many different questions and I want to answer every single one of them, but I literally can't. <laughs> like I can't run a company, run an investment fund and answer every single person's email. But in my heart, I'm answering everyone's email. I want to do it. In my mind, I'm like, I just don't have the hours. So you know, I find it really sad that, you know, 2% of venture funding is going to women and of the entire pool of venture funding, only 0.65% is going to women of color, which is truly a tragedy. And so we need to change that. And so as a female entrepreneur, a woman of color, I shop female, I vote with my wallet, I buy from female-owned brands, I really support female-owned brands in any which way I can from the food I buy, to the clothes I wear, to the services I consume. Um, and I feel like every step and every woman can take that choice and make that choice. 
and vote with her wallet. And I invest in women. I invest in women. I invest in women of color. I invest in men um, that are also minorities. I, I really just want to create a level playing field for people and, and also to take the connections, the capital, the kind of the network that I've built over the years of being an entrepreneur and being a CEO four times for four different companies and having sold two businesses and really invest and put that all back into generations of entrepreneurs that can do so much more than I can. And so I want to see it happen and I'm doing it every single day. I live it. I breathe it. I do it. I get random people DMing me on Instagram, sending me LinkedIn messages. They're like, I need 15 minutes. I want to talk about this topic. Like, let's talk. And I do it like because I want to see it happen for people. And whether I write them a check or I don't write them a check, it's irrelevant. I'm, I'm a fan and I'm a friend and I want to see their success. We need more divias in the world <laughs> because it definitely yeah. is a struggle, you know, being a founder of color. So I, I, I love that you've, you know, made that your mission to help, you know, emerging women of color, founders, and like you said, even males, but like just people of color in general and helping yeah. to see them win because it's definitely not an even playing field. And so we need as much support out there to help people, you know, succeed and realize their dreams and create more products for people of color because we don't yeah. have enough of that either. I would definitely say, um, you know, two snaps for you. <laughs> um, but it's just great because again, it's kind of like doing that, you're really starting to help spread out that ecosystem because, you know, like Ashley, like we want more divias, but you're basically helping to groom the next ones. And each one is going to be able to kind of reach back and keep kind of expanding that. And I think that that's great that this is what you're kind of yeah. thinking about and passing it forward in that way. And then hopefully you just kind of create more of those people and brands that kind of think through it the same way that you're thinking about it. So I can only imagine the impact, the groundwork that you have been doing exactly. will have on shaping this beauty industry and all of these other people. But before we go, we want to do a quick little quick fire round if you're down with it. <laughs> and so these are going to be just like very fast, rapid fire, yeah. um, and really just kind of like the first thing that comes to mind with it. So. We want to know what is a top beauty culture experience or product that you brought back while traveling? Neem juice. Have you heard of this? It's called Safi and it's neem and it's a blood purifier. And it's amazing both for your body and your system, but also your face and your skin. So I'm really interested. So you know what, that could have been what I was getting ready to bring back in India, but then I couldn't make it through clearance because I bought it. There and they were like, no, you, they thought it was alcohol. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> um, Ashley, you want to do the next one? Okay, yeah, okay. Having a clear vision means? Um, having a clear vision means not getting distracted by all the noise around you. Oh, you have a clear vision, but nine out of 10 people don't execute on that vision because they get distracted by outside forces. And so it's just putting blinders on and focusing and focus is where you see the results which is very hard to do in a digital age so yeah yes. with instagram yeah very, very stay off <laughs> don't get lost on tiktok for hours when you're trying to like search mm. out concepts <laughs> right <laughs> what is one wonder beauty essential that you reach for the most as a busy founder because you are busy we didn't even talk about you being a chef at one point <laughs> yeah Baggage claim. I think the baggage claim gold eye masks are a holy grail. I love them. Like it's coffee for your face. 
it's basically like wakes me up when I'm tired, stressed, haven't slept well, have puffiness. It just brightens, hydrates, and nourishes that under eye area. And that's my problem area. And so once I take care of that, I'm in good shape. Oh, and I was about to say, did you use it today? Because like your skin looks so on point. <laughs> that was my 10 second ritual on my e-com call. Yeah, you look good. Okay, next one. Past rejection has taught me. Re- re- it's just redirection. Rejection is redirection. It's just another, there's a better path for you. Okay, that is a whole quote. Rejection is redirection. I like that. Yeah, mm. it's, there's a better place for you to go and go there. I love your positive outlooks. I know. I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to hold on to this. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we want to know, you know, you have been so lovely. We loved having you on as a guest. And we think that everyone who is listening right now should not only follow you, should follow your company. So tell us where we should go to find Wander Beauty, find you, find your co-founder, Concept to Co online and on social media. And we're going to do all the linking on those the show, notes. Um, show notes. So shop Wander Beauty at wanderbeauty.com. On social, we're at wander underscore beauty. And then I'm on Instagram, which is my platform of preference. And I'm at D Gugnani, which is G-U-G-N-A-N-I. My co-founder, Lindsay, is at Linz Ellingson, L-I-N-D-S Ellingson. Um, so those are all the handles to find us. We're all on Instagram. And I, if you have questions about entrepreneurship or anything and you want to chat, DM me on Instagram and we will chat. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you offering your time, your expertise, your energy, and also joining us on this podcast because like you said earlier, you are busy. You have a million things to do. So we are honored that you took the time to join us on our podcast and talk to our listeners today. Thank you. Amazing. Talk to you guys soon. Take care. And thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Beauty and Impact today. If you got any gems from this episode, please subscribe to us wherever you're listening and show us some love by writing a review. It helps other beauties looking to make an impact just like you find the show so they can listen too. And while you're waiting for the next episode to drop, just go ahead and hit us up on Instagram at Beauty and Impact. We'd love to hear from you. All right, that's it. We'll catch you in the next episode with more green tea on beauty and sustainability. Beauty and Impact.